here we go. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Essential Apple Show in the week where Apple have revealed some very interesting numbers. And with me this week, yes, we're going straight in this week. No mucking around, no faffing, no long protracted intros or anything like that. We're just going to go get there and get straight to the point. Helping me get to those points are two guests this week. Well, guess do we have Carl on last week? It's Mr. Carl Madden from the Mac and Forth Show. Ha- from where? <laughs> yep. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. You can tell it's been one of those days. I've just been sat at my desk all day, and the brain rot has finally got to me. From the ex Mac and Forth Show, but you should still go and download to download and listen to a few of the episodes anyway, because it's still some mileage in there somewhere. <laughs> Is there? <laughs> Maybe, possibly. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure there is, but you never know. You never know. There was some humour in there at some point. There was some nuggets of... Oh, yeah, but that's the problem with doing a show that like uh, focuses on inverted commas like the news that week is it becomes old very quickly. The good thing is to go back and see, you know, when you look at um, rumours and stuff like that and just see how much we really do not know. Also this week is the return of Mr. Dean Murphy, the developer of Crystal, the number one app, or it was the number one app in over 32 countries around the world that makes browsing blooming bearable because oh, when you go to those sites in Google Chrome, I've been using Google Chrome on the on iOS purely because it's got that really funky feature where if you've got a smart telly, you can press the button, it will send the video from your phone to the TV. Um, so Dean, anyway, Dean, how are you? What have you been up to recently? Yeah, I'm really good. Um, mainly getting drunk, which I think we might hear about a bit well, later. No, 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 what? no, let's not go later. <laughs> let's go straight into oh, it now. Oh, you want to hear now? Okay, so um, you've... working on an ad blocker is, is quite a lot of fun. And sometimes I get invited to speak at some events. So I actually went to um, a dinner last week. I got invited to a dinner in a posh end of London in Mayfair with um, open bar, free drinks, and, you know, the wine just keeps topping itself up, and that's very dangerous. But um, the main reason I was there was to give a little speech and have a discussion with um, some very influential executives in the media industry of of the UK about ad blocking and what they could do better for their users to stop people turning into ad blockers and also how to treat ad blocking users better and, you know, provide better advertising. So that was a lot of fun. So how much, how serious was it? And then how long we won the pop for? <laughs> so no, it was quite serious all dinner. Um, it started off with a little speech uh, by me and by uh, someone from another company. I don't want to name drop, but um, it was a lot of like chief executives there. It was about 20 of us in total, um, all representing different newspapers or different media publications. Um, I was quite surprised to find that one of the guys I was having a little slightly heated debate about turned out his dad was an ex-prime minister oh sorry ex-deputy prime minister in the 90s that was quite surprising blimey (laughs) (laughs) it's it's mad it's it's... yeah and uh yeah i I didn't quite expect that but um yeah it was a lot it was a lot of fun and hopefully i shed some of the, the the doubts and the misbeliefs they have about ad blockers and why people are using ad blockers and why people are opting out of their advertising and their intrusiveness and all that kind of stuff. No, no, D- Dean, you didn't. You sure you didn't get invited along with an open bar because they wanted to try and get you on alcohol poisoning? 
you know, just just to get rid of the competition, sort of thing. Yeah, I really need to get my kidneys uh, looked at, my liver looked at. Oh, you need to come and hang out with me a bit. <laughs> yeah, take Carl with you. If you're, ever, if you're ever struggling, you think that's what they're trying to do. Take Carl with you because he will drink that bar dry. <laughs> It'd be like a human shield. Oh, it'll be your plus one. You're going to need a bigger bar. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Why not? When it's not advertising money, why not? But um, no, in all seriousness, it was very fun. I think it was quite positive as well. Um, how I promoted ad blockers to them and, you know, how the industry needs to change. So hopefully <clears> some changes will happen and the internet will be better for everyone. Well, that's the plan. Um, actually, Dean, you, I know when you was on the yeah. show with, sorry, Mark, you was on the show with just Mark the other, the other week and you were saying like you yeah, went yeah. off to uh, Cupertino and you was talking to the Safari team. When I was listening to that, I remembered there was a story in mm, Ars Technica, I think it was, a couple of years ago, about they were complaining. Safari is the new Internet Explorer. I don't know if you ever remember that. Article. Yes, yeah. How like they don't go to industry events and they're very That's secretive right. and closed, and it, which is yeah, yeah. And and, and part of it was as well when it, you know it, it was dealing with some of the mobile stuff as well, and they were saying it was slow, it was like terrible. And of course, at the time, <laughs> there was no ad blocking features, and I always thought. You know, they were apparently quite desperate to get those features into um, iOS so it could speed up, it could become a faster, faster browser. But do you ever worry about the fact that, you know, well, Apple's kind of infamous for it, like Sherlocking something? Or do you see, because I started thinking, I wonder if they're ever going to Sherlock what Dean does. But then I'm thinking, well, if they do that, then they are, rather than just letting third, uh, third party people make their own decision. It's like they are committing themselves and there could be sort of antitrust things going on if they started blocking other people's content. Whereas if we leave it to you guys, then that's perfectly acceptable because we get to decide if we want to put your app on to block you know, various sites and things. I, th- I think they've tried to get in, from, from what I can tell as an outsider looking in, this is just speculation. Um, the closest they can get to ad blocking is the reader read a view within safari mm-hmm. it just strips out all the ads and just shows the content but obviously has to load the page first in its entirety and also apple news where it gives a very ad light experience um and this has been done by facebook and google as well with facebook instant articles and google amp accelerated mobile pages um so yeah with apple news you load an article and it loads instantly quick and that's brilliant and it's got like a few little ads that don't take up much bandwidth or performance costs and they're not intrusive and they respect your tracking preferences so um i think that's as close as they can get to real ad blocking mm. is just serving that light experience and read of you i'm not sure you know in ad- apple news recently i've noticed there's a few more adverts creeping in yeah, <laughs> on that service I've, i gotta say because i remember seeing you see the small apple one where it's like you know apple apps the little blue uh rectangle thing that to me is all right but you you've nailed it there there are more and more creeping through and you don't mind so much because it doesn't seem to be this horrible. When you get a mobile view of a web page, you get like an intro, in, uh, an intro paragraph, big advert, scroll down, bit more text, and another big advert. It doesn't seem to be as bad, but it could. I can see if they don't monitor it, getting a little bit unwieldy, should we say? Yeah, I mean, if I'm honest, I've not used Apple News since. I used it for like a week just to try it out when it first got released and then I've never used it since. And now with iOS 10 beta, 
I started using it a bit more just to, because it's been refreshed, just to try it. Mm -hmm. And I've just noticed that there's these big square block ads in between, nested in between the content. <laughs> and they're all advertising the same thing. So like, you know, you have one ad for, I, I don't know, shoes. And you scroll past it, the next ad is the exact same ad for shoes. And scroll past it, and it's like the same ad for shoes. You know, it's like Groundhog Day, but for ads, it's just, you know, get some shoes, get some shoes. Or whatever it's advertising. And I do what I do. It couldn't have been a good advert because I can't remember what it was. Trying <laughs> That's to say. the thing. We, we never do surveys <laughs> to find out, you know, because um, there's what's that advert on TV at the moment, or, or it might just be online, where some guys he's he's going to work and they've done a special thing for him, like his face is all over the bus and it's on billboards, and the guy's just completely oblivious to all of it, and he's just walking past the <laughs> advert, and I'm thinking you're showing an advert which is showing how rubbish advertising is. What are you doing? I think that is the very definition of the word irony. <laughs> Perhaps so. <laughs> it's it's weird. I do I do worry about the um the Apple News part of it because there is that feature within Apple News where you as a content provider can do your own advertising or you can let Apple do it. And I'm one I'm thinking that the ones doing it themselves might be the ones slight like, slipping in some of the more obnoxious big banner ads. I mean, I don't know. But um I mean, if any of the listeners out there have uh, noticed this, please, please write in and tell us. But, but I've just noticed it a few times now. Like, I've even had the odd one or two that do something they're not meant to do. And suddenly, like, the app store will, will pop up with some crappy app that they, you know, want me to go and spend or get for free and then buy loads of in-app purchases. So a bit of a worrying yeah, trend. That is the complete worst one, is it? When you go to a web page, it loads up, and before you even had a chance to touch the screen or look at anything, boom, it takes you to the app store. So you double-click to go back, and then the web page that's taking you there is just suddenly a white page. So you press the back <laughs> button, and it loads up the content, and then boom, you're back in the app store. And I don't think any of us here... Yeah, it's, it sounds bad that we're dissing adverts. We're, we're only dissing the bad adverts, if that that makes any sense exactly yeah. oh i'm not oh fair enough that's me i'm allowed to i've got no like like dog in his hunt i just i just i just never I, I used to work in the advertising trade i just know it's complete nonsense we we tell people that advertising works and it, it doesn't it, it all it does is that in my belief all it does is it just sometimes reminds people that something's out there and that's it if that's the best you can hope for, then great. If you want to chase that millions and millions of dollars and pounds to do that one opportunity, go, oh, yeah. I mean, who who now doesn't know McDonald's exists? Who doesn't know KFC exists? Yeah, but you've got to keep, I mean, I mean, you've got to keep like continual brand awareness because otherwise it well, gets exactly, out of the but, who, but who's going to forget McDonald's? It's on every flipping street corner virtually, for God's sake. <laughs> It's it's a weird yeah, thing. I can understand where there's a new Whopper chicken ranch <laughs> thingy burger now, haven't they? You know the, 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 the you know the over eighteens of this country have got to have something to you know remind them to go. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go spend four pounds on a burger where I could go to Aldi and buy myself a fresh chicken. It's the chicken nomics. <laughs> there, there's 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 a show title there. Chicken nomics. The biggest giveaway for me is whenever they do the Super Bowl ads, right? If they spend God knows how many millions on like a 30 second ad. And then I bet if you go and ask someone 10 minutes after that ad stream ran, what was actually advertised? No one's going to remember more than like one or two. Oh, maybe. Yeah, we're we're all suffering from ADD and you know, lack of you know, more than a 30 second memory. There's nothing new yeah. there. 
because we we have to. Otherwise, we'd go crazy. Look at all the billboards that are like festoon our high street. And if you was noticing everything, you'd crash. Input too much input. Well, what it, what's, I mean, you've you've spoken to the other side of the coin, and maybe one day we can get one of these yeah, advert type people come on the show. What do they sort of say when you sort of you know, bring these points up? Or do they just go, "Well, you know what? That's a very good point, and I'll take that on board," which is one of my second pet hates because that's basically <laughs> like saying, "Yeah, I, I, you've you've said what you want to say. You're boring me now. Go away, you oik. Let me file it away in my rubbish bin." Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, they. Um, I think they're very keen to experiment, but there's also that fear of experimentation obviously leads to a drop in revenue or et cetera. Um, I think they could probably make equal or more money by having less ads, but, you know, create more scarcity, you know, charge more for the ad placements they've got. Well, a lot of people I'm speaking to have been in industry for many years and they come from a press-based industry. So, you know, they were there when, uh, you know, magazines were printed and now magazines are going online. And that's a big difference that I don't think they've managed to fully respect, basically, when it comes to advertising. Because there's, you know, there's adverts that appear on their websites that they would just never put within their magazines. You know, a, a close-up picture of someone's infected toe, you know, 10 ways you can <laughs> remove your foot fungus. You know, that's not going to go in the, in the middle of, you know, Vogue mag- magazine, no. for example. Or, you know, something like that. <laughs> Good cooking, I thought it would be on. <laughs> but, um... That's thing I, I could say to that room, you know, I'd, I'd give you all fifty pounds if you can tell me what adverts are showing on your site at this moment, and very few of them will be able to answer. And um, I didn't say it because I didn't have any money in my wallet at the time. But uh, <laughs> so I think that's a lot of the problem. They don't own their own. They don't own their own, own um, inventory. They don't own their own stack. Their advertising stack. It's all shipped out to all these different third parties uh, who mediate and do whatever. Like, um, if I want to put my advert on this one site, I have to go through all these different third parties and hope that it ends up on that site. You know, I can't just say, take my money and put my ad here. Um, so I think that's where the system is very much broken. Just too many third parties trying to stick content all over. Of course, that's only half the problem. The other half are Mm. all the various websites that want to have advertising to pay for, you know, whatever (laughs) their swimming pool, for example. I don't know. But exactly, uh, yeah. Like when you see. I don't know. I'll pick on. I'll pick on the Guardian, for example. Who's you know? Oh, please like, do. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> oh God! Don't start him off. Why Careful. <laughs> if I could get yeah. the same board going the same the Klaxon, I would do. <laughs> <laughs> Just because um, the Guardian Group, you know, announced a big loss of so many millions a few weeks ago or whatever. You know, they've got these big giant offices in London. You know, coming from a print industry to the web industry, that you know what you've earned in print is not necessarily what you're going to earn on the web. Where. Mm. You know, if you go to a shop, you've got like 10 newspapers, you're going to pick one. If you go online, you've got a billion websites all copying and pasting and adding your own two cents. You know, if, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, information overload. I can read any newspaper from the world now instead of just them 10 that's in my newsagent. So, yeah. Well, exactly. it, it is the scarcity model. So that's exactly. what they're chasing. If you have a magazine, if you have like Vogue, for example, then before the internet came along, there was great kudos for being an advert in that magazine because they was offering to their you know their clientele will see your advert they might not react to your advert but they'll definitely they'll probably see it uh of course the internet breaks that like it does so many other things it completely breaks the scarcity model it's the same with movies and stuff like this you cannot now have anything that can be 
um, broken down into a digital form and make it scarce because the internet just doesn't care. It will just reproduce that thing again and again, and it will reproduce it in almost exactly, well, totally exactly the same uh, as, as you can get it somewhere else. And a lot of these companies, a lot of the media companies, a lot of film companies, TV companies, uh, definitely like books and magazines and newspapers, they are absolutely struggling because no one wants to now pay for information. For example, you know, the FT can charge because that is still a scarce model. It's very few places where you can get like financial, deep financial news. But, you know, if you go to something like the, the Guardian or the Sun or the Daily Mirror, they're basically just offering the same news, which is available everywhere on the planet it's just you know unless you wish to pay vast sums of money to have the sun's particular view on that one story if, if you're not <laughs> unless you're actually worried about that then you you might be willing to give the sun a bit of money but if you're not you're just going to read it on the daily mail or or, or i don't know the chicago times or something it's it's i do sympathize with the way the internet has broken things but I, I just I, I don't know the answers. So I'm just no, saying as a user. Does. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of years ago, I went to Unruly Media, and this place was absolutely massive, and it wasn't far from the Shard even, uh, either. And you know, they just had bank and bank and desk of. Uh, you know, people trying to sell adverts, trying to get advertisers on board. And then they went a bit quiet, and I've found out why since, because they were bought out by News Corp. <laughs> so, you know, the publishers are now, you know, just buying up all these companies because they've run out of ideas. I, and I have some sympathy for print publishing, but very little, because I picked up a, a cycling magazine the other day thinking, right, I know that I'm looking for, let's say, some glasses. Could I find out... What was a advertisement, an advertorial, or a top ten that made any sense? Because it all just seemed to blend in to each other. And I know this has been an age-old problem where you know you place an advert in a magazine, you're going to get preferential treatment. I know because I've used it when I had my company. Um, I managed to I bought some advertising, and for that, I know that one of my cases that wasn't so great got a really good review. So I'm not really. Um, I'm, I'm sympathetic to a point where we've got to make money, but where does the point become? Yeah, we stop being a bit Gordon Gecko, going greed is good, and look at what the actual internet is for. And if you know, and it's Dean, I, I agree with Dean. Where if you sell less and just become known for having a good click-through rate and good compelling adverts, I think you will make more. But it, it's tricky. I mean, the problem is, for example, let's take our let's take our website for example. Okay, we we do we do our view on various news stories as they come up. Right now, yeah. we're not big, we're not professionals, we're we're amateurs because we just do it because it's fun. But well, if you go, if you the way a lot of news RSS feeds and stuff work now is they don't only give you the option of just downloading the big boy RSS feeds unless you specifically say a lot of them give you that. Um, opportunity to just import things that they found oh look this has used uh, a certain keyword so you might have that in you know you might have the same interest you might be interested in seeing this particular article so you get pulled in just as much with just as much relevance and presentation as some of the big boys in in these um in these uh, aggregate feeds and and that must drive them insane as well and we've done it as you know we've covered stories on here where we've talked about what is this person talking about? They have no idea. But then if you actually research where the story came from, it's probably some guy in his basement 
who's got no further insight into anything that's going on than, than well, and sometimes just as big, just as big media companies when it comes to Apple. But what? Not only are they having their advertising revenue model attacked, but they're also being attacked by the amateur journalist, if you will, if there is such a thing, who who will just sit in their bedroom and knock out. I don't know, like five stories a day, just basically taking, say, a story from, I don't know, Macworld UK, rejiggering it a bit and posting it on their own site because they yeah, copy also, and paste journalism. Yeah, exactly. Because they also have a few uh, Google ads on their th- site. And every time someone clicks on it, they get a tiny, a tiny microtransaction worth of money. Or if they get 100 hits or they get a tiny transaction. It's, it's a complicated issue. And I don't know. I just, I, I don't see there is a solution uh, unless you can absolute. Everybody has to pay for everything they look at, and the genie's already out of the bottle. That's never going to happen because they'll always be willing, someone willing to give their stuff away for free, always. Because if you've got nothing, then all you can do is try and get your name bigger, and the only way you can get your name bigger is just to give your stuff away and, and build a following and and. You know, the big boys, the, the, the Guardians, the Telegraphs, they can't do that. They've got, they've got to pay wages and, and rent costs and stuff like this. And it's, it's, it's tricky. It's impossible. I, I do not see. Of course, if you, if you like follow this all the way to its natural conclusion, there will be no journalism, no professional journalism. Well, why, sense, why would you want to be when there's all these different types of fungal infections in 20 <laughs> celebrities? No, but, uh, I can't what, believe what they look like no, now. No, but that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is that a legitimate... That's just an advert bolted onto legitimate... Um, a, a, we'll say a legitimate site because they need to make money somehow. It doesn't matter how, they need to make money. And, it, and like I say, the only way I can see it ending is big sites like The Guardian and stuff do eventually die out, but the individual journalists go on to create their own sites and they get the following and they you know because because if you're an individual trying to get news out there you don't need to make as much money as the guardian or or the express you can get by on a much smaller wage than 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 these big companies need and maybe that's the future but what you just said that what you just said there about the journalists go off on their own that's what happened with um is it the team who now run apperworld.today was it the Mac? Oh, what was that website called? Mac, not Mac Rumors. Mac. No, it was another one. And it was a, oh, it was a very, very big sign. And all of a sudden, it just got shut down. It was, it was acquired by AOL and then got shut down. They literally went away, started up a new website, and yeah, they, they do have. Looking at the website now, AppleWorld.today, and. Oh, it's not the. I hope I've got the right website. Stories. Yes, it is because it's got Steve Sandy on it. That's how I know I've got the right website. And yeah, they've got a couple of adverts, but it's nowhere near as bad as what the you know what they've done before. And it just goes to show if you've got a good team of writers, you'll pull people to the site and you'll make money off the adverts and the content that way. And um, you know, getting sponsorship. And I, me, I really do like the sponsorship <laughs> model because it gives away. I don't know what the real difference is between sponsorship and subscription. I think the the for me the feeling is if someone's sponsoring me, they can remove that at any time. Where a subscription has a different connotation to it, and if they want to stop sponsoring you, I think people maybe think that's a little bit more work. Yeah. See, see, I don't mind that model, but then I, the only thing that causes me pause is 
under that model, would we ever get another Woodward and Bernstein? Would we, if anything like that happened again, and I guarantee things like that are happening all the time, is there a model for truly investigative journalism to actually do it? Because the only reason those guys did what they did is because they were funded by a massive national newspaper. I'm just having a look here, and you know, again, they've they've got it now. They've got sponsorship packages for seven days. You can have a sponsored post, which is a feature post on the top of the website. Uh, includes one 800 pixel wide image. It is posted on the on the website, which gets 268,000 views a month. In for seven days, that's four hundred dollars, and it's also submitted to seventeen thousand subscribers. <laughs> that's not bad, really, when you think about it. That's you know, you can. Well, hopefully one day we'll get up to 500, um, 500 subscribers on our RSS feed. But there is a way. <laughs> and I think it's all about, you know, as Dean alluded to earlier on, it's all about finding the right balance. You know, at least we've got rid of, you know, hit the monkey on the head or shoot the aeroplanes in oh, yes. all of those adverts. It's, it's always an interesting subject. And, and the fact that, like, Dean's on and he's done something that's, like, given us as consumers the, the ability to fight back uh, is is fantastic you know it's it's the he's you've given the little man something in his arsenal that can finally fight back a little bit yeah. you know i know exactly. you know <laughs> there was the like um ad blockers on on desktops and things like that before but for it finally to come to ios that was fantastic because they were just taking the mick <laughs> yeah I, I can't remember the quote from like last week where someone said like you know how do you feel that you're causing uh, so much trouble within our industry. And I said, well, it's not me causing the trouble. It's all the, you, you know, it's all of your readers who are causing the trouble by using my product. You know, I'm not forcing this on them. This is something they're choosing to use, um, for, you know, for very valid reasons that they're unhappy with, you know, whatever models they're seeing online of, you know, whatever advertising models they're seeing. Um, so that kind of like threw it back to, you know, it's, it's all about user choice. You know, ad blockers can exist and they, you know, maybe they don't get used or maybe they do get used because, there's bad advertising out there. Hmm. You know, the fact of the matter is they're going out there and looking for an ad blocker. You know, that's not something that you can easily market to a mass medium. It, to to be able to search for an ad blocker, you have to know what an ad is. And let's say... You should what, take what out adverts. Dean, you should take out adverts. <laughs> yeah, they advertise your own yeah. product and there becomes the circle. <laughs> Yeah, well, the growth comes in two ways. You know, people looking for it and then people saying, wow, this is such a good experience. I'm going to tell my friends. Or I'm going to tweet out to my so, so, no, social networks and whatever. So um, that's where the power comes in, where people just notice a big difference and then just, you know, tell their friends, you know, why aren't you using Adblock? Why aren't you download this one I've got? And yeah. And yeah. if you do aim, if you do have adverts that aim for, you know, the race to the bottom, then that's what you're going to get and that's what you're going to stick with. I really do believe that the sites that have, like, and I've said this before, the sites that have good adverts, people will pay, tolerate and they'll basically find a different demographic. But it is a shame. And I actually got approached by an advertising company well, a couple of months ago uh, and they did the outbrain style ads. And I just went, <laughs> I, I, I tested it about a year ago and I, you know, I made enough money to keep the site, you know, ticking over for a few months. I don't mind admitting that. But then I thought, well, I, I had the sort of debate, you know, is, you know, what do I want to do? What do I want from the site? And I said, no, I'm not going to do it because you have no quality control over your adverts. And it was one occasion where some weird 
random advert popped up and it was for a, a popular Mac, should we say, system cleaner? That may Oh, be... yeah, I wonder what you're talking about. Yeah, that app. And it just kept coming up and popping over the site. And they said, oh, uh, yeah, we can't find the problem with that advert. Uh, we know it's coming from somewhere. Uh, we'll just have to disable your account for now. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. so we're taking a shotgun to the situation. If, if only more people chose the ethics of what appears on their site over the money that it brings in, that would just be, you know, a lot of problems will be fixed. However, I, that being said, I do take PayPal donations and we do have a Patreon page. Just putting that one out there. Should we, um, should we try to do a bit of Apple news? Oh, oh yeah, that's what we're here for, isn't it? Well, should, we, should, we give, should we give that a bit of a crack some 37 minutes in? Uh, this is just some random news before we go on to the main topic of the week, which is obviously going to be the Apple earnings call. So we'll start off with something that's loosely related to advertising. Apple is making its own groundbreaking TV show, Planet of the Apps, which is, as you probably guessed, about apps and developers. But today, the company bought up the exclusive rights to another hugely popular show from CBS, Carpool Karaoke. I can't believe they had to buy the rights for this. I mean, what is, I he's singing that. in a car. Who hasn't done that? Do you mean all the times I've gone along in my van and I've been singing along to the stereo? You'd be a YouTube sensation, you would. Why, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> but it's, I did. I never knew what co- uh, carpool karaoke was until today when I thought, right, I'm going to go on YouTube and, and, and find out what it's about. I was very cynical about it because it just sounds rubbish. Yeah, I know. Cynical? I know. It's hard to believe sometimes. Wow, blimey. Anyway, but I, I, I was watching it with James Corden, you know, the, uh, the British tubby comedy actor writer thing. smithy from thing yes and uh if you t- if you say so i have no idea what you're referring to but i'm just gonna say you yes. know oh the thing with the welsh people in it uh gavin and gavin and stacy okay well you know it's quite it's quite harmless it's quite entertaining i can't again i don't understand why anyone has to pay for this but uh james corden's not gonna be doing it apparently so that's a bonus straight there um but uh yeah i mean it looks cheap i, I can't imagine it's gonna cost much money when I was watching the chain, when I was watching the things on YouTube, I'm thinking, my God, how many times do I have to sing this song? Because they they're supposedly continuously singing, but the outside of the car changes all the time, so it means they're singing it more than once. So it's being edited. That's just editing, I know, though, isn't but that's it? That's the point. You, getting- but that's the point. It's not a spontaneous thing. I always worry about these things, like people read it and think it's spontaneous, but it's not. It's take after take after take after take. Anyway, that all aside, some of the shots also look like they were green screen. But I don't know. I could have been. Who knows? It doesn't matter. But it, I, I cannot believe this show is going to cost much money to produce. It's a car, which they could hire. It's a guy, it, and it's a stereo. And it's like special guests who probably want to come on to plug their new album and whatnot and do a little interview. And, you know, it's pretty harmless. And they're saying, oh, it's only going to be 16 episodes and stuff like that. I'm thinking, what? You could do four of these a day. What? What's the hardship, for God's sake? You know, and it's, it's only going to be on Apple Music. Um, and it's, it's going to be a promotion thing. It'll be fun, I guess. It'll probably have people on that I'll have no clue who they are because I'm an old fogey now. But uh, yeah, it looked good fun. You know, seeing on YouTube clips, Michelle Obama singing along to Beyonce songs. And, and uh, what was the one I watched? I think it was uh, George Clooney climbed in the back and, and started. I still think everyone wants White Van Man karaoke. I think that has got a spin-off written all over it. You can want all you wish, but you won't get nout. <laughs> Truck stop karaoke. Watch truckers do their thing. No, yeah, don't miss. Don't say that wrong. No, 
Dean, any thoughts on this? Do you partake in any of the carpool karaoke? Um, I'm still trying to get my head around it. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I don't quite get what it is. So it's, it sounds like they're just doing like a very, you know, fluffy, short interview, singing in a car. I thought, you know, have have you seen Wayne's I'd World? See, yeah, no, I've, I've seen the carpool karaoke. I just don't <laughs> get why they're doing it. Um, but then I, I come from thinking of like, you know, Netflix is buying the rights to this and this and this, and then they're making amazing <laughs> cinematic masterpieces. And then, um, Apple, you know, the richest company in the world's making people sing in the car. <laughs> <laughs> you could have, I could have summed that up, but I must say it's perfect. Yeah. You, the, the, there is nothing more to add to that story. Well, yeah, you, you, I, you've nailed that one, Dean. You've nailed that one. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm just the, I, I, I feel really old saying this because I, I, I normally think I'm quite young and hip, even though I'm 29. But oh, I think you, I'm so just you've the, said it now <laughs> and you're, you're heading yeah. towards the 30s. I know, I know. I, I just think I'm the, you know, it's not my generation. It's for the generation before, um, and that kind of makes me sad and a bit old. You went out and you got drunk <laughs> on wine in London. It does. It, that's the start of the slope. And champagne. Oh, there Same. you go. So you left that bit out earlier. Now it makes sense. <laughs> champagne and canapes. I, I get. I once I have a few champagnes, that's it. I'm gone. I have no idea what it does to me. <laughs> I can drink like twelve pints of lager, nothing. I can have like three gla- two glasses of champagne, and I'm gone. Have you ever tried getting drunk on lager tops then, Carl? What? I'm not I'm not seven. <laughs> you, yeah, but you've got to put the top in the bottom. Because it's something to do with the carbonation and the way that the alcohol goes into your bloodstream. Right. Because ironically, I can't drink a proper pint unless it's ale and it's like room temperature these days. And if I drink like a, a proper pint of lager, it's like, no. But if you put a lager top on it, that's it. I'm good to go all night. Yeah, but that's only because you're like three foot tall and nobody actually knows this. The MacBook Pro 2016 release date. We're moving swiftly on, as you can probably tell. Hints of 4G connectivity, KB Lake processors, and a PC tablet-style build. This one I put no. in because it's been a bit. No, of- that was from PC tablet. <laughs> <laughs> what you said it? You said it. it's your own story, and you said it wrong. Yeah, but you don't know these. Right, it wasn't... Who died? Oh, me, I did. This is our, this is our Apple rumors. <laughs> exactly. Oh. <laughs> front page on The Verge tomorrow. Yeah. PC P- tablet. Apple Source. looking to copy Microsoft tablet. Actually, you say this is how Apple rumors start. This is fantastic because this piece is... Right, okay. So, Mark, how did you find this, piece, this story? Apple News. Apple News. Now, again, Apple News is one of those services that just pulls in... Keywords. If you if you say you're interested in a certain thing, it will go out there and it will look, and it will it will pull that in. So I read this story, PC tablet. I'd never heard of them in my entire life, so I thought I'd go and check on who they are and stuff. With the snappy domain name of .co.is. Oh well, yeah, you know. So it must be fairly new. Yes, and it's now it's an Indian website. In the top left hand corner, it got the weather and temperature for India. Twenty-seven degrees. At oh, the moment. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, so it quotes it quotes yeah. uh, in the opening paragraph saying from Apple Insider. So I went and seen. I went and saw what Apple Insider was saying about it, and it was basically just saying the piece it was uh, referring to was that Intel seventh generation core processors have only recently been shipped out to certain unspecified companies, but Apple is not one of them. And the reason is that is because Apple can just not take the standard. Uh, chips that everybody else gets they have to like have them specially made to fit into their you know specially designed 
chassis and things like this and all the other gubbins that they stick inside these super slim machines and things like this. So Intel haven't got them ready yet, and they will not have them ready till later in the year. So that's where that part of the story. So that part of the story straight away doesn't make sense, <laughs> but they've included it anyway. So then I went a bit further in, and I found Macworld. Now, Macworld UK, three days earlier, had done an opinion piece where the writer had basically said, this is what I think Apple might be putting in the new MacBook Pro when it comes out later in the year. And a lot of things are, are things that we've seen rumored before, like the, um, the display along the top, uh, the OLED display along the top and, and, and all the various things. And then it sort of goes on about the SIM card for 4G connectivity. But it's all theorization. It's all the, per- all the writer is just putting these things. This is what they might do. Go forward three days, PC tablet, treat it like it's an article. And their story is, this is what Apple will be doing. It's, it's like Chinese whispers gone mad. You've got to wait till it goes full circle and then uh, Macworld yeah. will report what like, PC tablet put Confirmed. And and that sources from milling yeah. with the matter and, yet again. And this is the problem I have. And it, I'm sure it's not just the tech press. I'm sure it's other industries as well. But this is, I, I find, one of the problems with, with the tech press is, is people take these stories and they read it and they think it's gospel. I think it's real. And then they... Like basically, the PC tablet story is exactly the same as the MacWorld one, ju- just written slightly different. It's but it's virtually paragraph for paragraph exactly the same in exactly the same order, but every paragraph is just written differently, and it's changed from this is what I feel they should be doing to this is what Apple will be doing. It's 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 crazy. What's even worse is that it came up in my feed, and I've been noticing that my feed. It's been getting rather spammy recently. It's either everything about Brexit or the disaster that is or may or may not be Brexit. And then I've got all these spammy stories. And maybe it's the algorithm. Yeah, it will know, be. It will be watching what you click on and read and thinking, ah, oh, next time I see something up with these keywords, I'll, I'll pull it up again because Mark obviously likes that kind of stuff. So you can go in and change what it's searching for. So you can update it and, and say, and, and reduce some of the more you can in fact if you if you find a site that you do not like there is a function within apple news to say i don't want to see anything from this person again or or this subject again or anything like that so you can just like zite in the old days where you used to give it a thumb up or a thumb down you can train it to just get the news that you you want of course the only problem with that is you just get the news that you want and you never get another person's opinion so, it, you know, it's a slippery slope. But if you find more of these, these sites that are, are giving, we'll say, somewhat suspect stories, it probably is a good idea to start saying, I don't want to see this anymore. And I've got nothing Which against is- PC tablet, by the way. It might be a fantastic source uh, for other information. It's just on this time, or I happen to look at it, they got it, they got it. Well, there was a in the headline it says the possibility of 4G, and all it says here is the possibility of 4G support was raised after Apple got a patent for a remote wireless transceiver. Yeah, about two months ago. And that's it. That's what they're basing the fact that the MacBook but, is going to have 4G connectivity, and it won't because that's in the iPad. But the other thing is, is you know, the, the rumors are that the Apple Watch Two will have 4G or 3G and stuff, and the phones obviously got 4G and 3G. I mean. Phone's gonna have a cool screen. Yeah, well, Mac was gonna have an OLED bar. But really, how many contracts do we want with our 
flipping mobile company. I mean, one for me is enough. Thank you very much. I don't want like my MacBook having one, my watch having one, my phone having one, my iPad having one. It just gets crazy. I don't really know. Yeah. Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, I don't really see the point or the need for a 4G connectivity in a laptop when you know your phone is a perfectly good hotspot. Um, especially when Apple, you know, trying to you know reduce stuff like it says here they're trying to remove the headphone port. I can't see them removing a headphone port, but adding in 4G connectivity and a SIM card port in you know in its wake. Um, so so yeah, it just doesn't quite add up. That you know, trying to take out stuff and you know, I think the phone is going to be our central hub. And you know, the majority of iPads I see are aren't the 4G ones or the 3G ones. It's you know the regular Wi-Fi ones. Um, I don't see the point of buying a 4G one because I just use my phone as a hotspot, and that's they're, you know, they're gonna that's more they're gonna have a massive hard set. If, you know, they think they're gonna face a lot of um, comeback on if they have taken the jack out of the phone. Can you imagine if they've taken it out of a MacBook? I'd like to see them try and explain that one. I like how even on the, you know the the new MacBook, the you know the ultra thin one <laughs> MacBook, it's still got headphone yeah, port you know, because they just cut. They can't take it no. out. They can't take it. not this time. It's it's crazy. But I do like the fact that all, on all these exclusive iPhone 7 case leaks, it's always the same leak, like looking from the top down. <laughs> they very, very rarely show you the bit you want to see, which is the speaker grills, and if it's uh, going on the headphones. There, there was one this week, wasn't there? It was a really clear one. It was a really clear video as well. Um, I want to say it was Apple Insider, but I could be wrong about that. Um, they had one sent to, you, sent to them, but it could have just been a knock-up, some Chinese knock-up uh, of, of how it might look, for example. It's, it's too, you know, again, we're going to drive ourselves crazy with this speculation. We must just wait until September, October, wherever it is. And, and Yeah, well, that's the thing, though, isn't it? We're just going to be bombarded with speculation. Hmm. And by the time September comes along, you're just thinking, oh, I'm just glad. I'm just glad for those it's, two days after the announcement where it's all peaceful and quiet. And then someone goes, oh, it's only 364 you, days to go to the next Apple event. Did you, this week, you can expect this Did time. you see the piece? Uh, I, I didn't read it because <laughs> I thought, this is clickbait. I am not clicking on this link. And it said, you will want to wait until 2018 before you upgrade. I'm thinking two years now. So 2017 wasn't good enough. Now you're saying in two years' time, Apple are going to do something <laughs> so mind-blowing, you might, you'll have to wait until they are. Well, we've already skipped this upcoming iPhone. We're going to the next one because that's, as you said last week, it's the anniversary one, and that one's going to have the curved screen and this, that, and the other because it's almost like, almost like we've just written off this next iPhone because it'll just mm. be well, Apple haven't done anything brilliant. They really don't want they've done time and time again, which is release a phone, put a speed bump, speed bump on it, then they release a new one that's got some more features on it, and then they'll increase the speed on that one as well to keep up with everything. I mean, course, not like Apple follow a pattern or anything, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's just iterative design. You know, every phone has you know three or four extra features that the last one didn't, and you know a few more improvements, and you know that's what's been going on, and a few design changes here and there. That's pretty much what's been going on. That's not going to change. You're not going to release a big megaphone with you know 15 new things and a completely redefine how mobile phones work because that product probably can't exist. It, it drives me crazy, actually, when they say that because it's only this much better than the last phone. Yeah, but <laughs> if you're a normal person, you don't own the last phone if you're upgrading. You own the one before that or the one before that. It's only idiots like me who buy every year who really get affected by that or tech journalists who get sent a new release to try out and say oh well, this is just the same as the last one that i never paid for i mean come on 
I do. How stupid do they think we are sometimes? It's it's absolutely crazy. I, I I've noticed this on a few really popular shows that I listen to. Is they they talk about these phones and they forget that they're being sent these phones. So they'll use them for a month, two months, or whatever. The latest from Samsung or, or whoever else, and then they'll pack it, put them in a box, and stick them on the shelf, or or send them back to the manufacturer. The real person buys a phone and they keep it for two, three, four years, right? Because they're not crazy. Because they just it's a phone to them. So when they come to buy, if they like Apple, if they like Samsung, if they like Huawei or whoever it is, the next phone will be a significant upgrade for them because. They've upgraded from a phone that's three, two, three, four years old. They've not just come from one that they were sent two months ago. And this one has oh, only a slightly better camera than the last one, or it's got slightly faster, which, oh, if you really, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't see the difference between this and the last one that the company sent me for no flipping money. But I'm going to tell you, it doesn't actually impress me that much. Well, thank you so much, sir. <laughs> Do you feel better now, Carol? Oh, sorry, sorry. Has it been one of those weeks no, for you? It, is it? you it's just I heard it. I heard it just this week where people were comparing. Oh yes, this last thing. It, it, was, it wasn't even an iPhone. It was a. It was a, an Android phone. Now comparing it, I was thinking, no one lives your life, right? Real people do not go out and buy a new phone just because there's a new phone come out. They stick with the one they've got until it breaks, until they drop it in the toilet, until you know they. Something happens to it, and then they go and get a new one. They are not being sent new phones to try out every month. And, 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 and some, this is where it comes back to the reporters' things. Like, a real reporter might understand this, but, you know, a guy who suddenly got famous because they had a blog that suddenly took off sometime a few years ago now thinks that because Samson or whoever sends them a new phone, they're someone who we should flip and listen to. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> And the funny thing is, I know it's a lot of my family who, you know, they aren't they aren't really interested in tech. They just, you know, they just want a phone. They don't go for the highest model. They go yeah. for like the cheaper options, you know, like the the one year old model or even the two year old model, um, just because it's a bit cheaper. You know, the iPhone six is a perfectly capable phone, even though it's coming up to two years old. That's not that's, that phone's not going to get old for a while. It's is it is absolutely crazy. And like I say, it's only a microcosm because this is the only field that I pay that much attention to but it is getting worse and worse and worse and um well it allows me to have little rants now and again so (laughs) (laughs) i think my favorite part of the iphone announcements is when they show the 3d graphic performance and show how like this very rich 3d game and every year they do the same sort of demo where it's like better Mm -hmm. and better and then these games don't actually appear on ios you know you you, that one game might, but then you don't get all these big, rich 3D experiences that they're, that they're promising, all these big 3D immersive games. And it's just, why do you keep promoting all this 3D stuff when no one's actually using it? It's all, you know, well, yeah, Poke- that's something that Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing, is I had really, really good hopes for Metal, thinking, you know what, what Apple has done there, or seemingly what they've done there, not being a developer or anything like that, looks absolutely amazing. But then it just sort of hit me was the fact that. You know, we're we're in an age of 99p games and 99p apps. You know, who's going to spend the money to really go and get the best they possibly can out of an app by using Metal? And it's probably, you know, not that many people. And let's face it, our devices now last so long. I mean, I'm still using an iPhone 5S every now and again just for purely for testing. Get out. 
Uh, <laughs> What's wrong with that? I'm not. I'm just yeah, saying. I'm just saying that's that's how it's viewed, isn't it? Oh, you haven't got the latest. Yeah, but it, 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 the thing is, it works. It's all right. It's a little bit slow. And when I mean a little <laughs> bit slow, there goes the dog. Lost my thought on my rant, though. Dog bug. You was on about your phone and, like, how, um, you know, older ones are still well, relevant. And older phones are still relevant because they still work. And granted, it's a little bit slower. There is maybe... <sighs> a fraction of a pause when I swap between apps or something like that. But it's nowhere near as bad as, um, well, let's say when my pad two was reaching the end of its life and you do a double click and it seemed to take an age for the, you know, for the software to go because Apple have got it right by teaming the hardware nicely with the software and they do last longer. And I think that's going to lead us nicely in to our next, uh, to our, are we, has anyone used the Microsoft app, or should we skip over that and save it for next week and go straight into ins- the next section? I've installed it. I've taken some pictures of my room that I'm in. It's got a, it's got a handy little compare feature, which it shows you how the native camera took it and how Microsoft's imaging improved it. Um, some it did, some it didn't. Uh, but tomorrow, I'm going to take it out with me and use it in the wild to, to see. if. It, of course, the real test is in pubs and places like that, because... I don't care. I love the way you bring it all back to well, the pub. Of course, the real to. test like to, is in the booth. I like to bring it back. Because, you know, I, I've, well, I was out the other week, uh, we was getting drunk, and I took a picture with my phone, and it was okay. I mean, I could tweak it a little bit. It was a bit grainy, but I can, I can see everyone who's there and things. It would, it would be something I'd say, put on a wall and go, that's the most fantastic picture I've ever taken. But then someone also took a picture with their Android, and the flash was so bright, I couldn't see for about five seconds afterwards. I thought, my God, what on earth, what strobe light have you got in that thing? But then, so, so then I saw the picture of what this thing had taken, and we was all washed out, and we was all our eyes had gone, poof, and that also looked terrible. It was clear, but we all looked so stunned <laughs> that this thing had blinded us. So it's a really tricky balance. But that will be that is the next hurdle, isn't it? How, uh, like low light photography on these little handheld devices. That was a rabbit in the headlight filter. Yeah. Make you look completely blind and look straight into the bright light. Walk into the light, Carl. <laughs> I always do. Then I get yeah. hit by a car. For anyone, yeah, we should have mentioned what the app is. It's called Microsoft Pix, P-I-X, which is an app that was released uh, today, mm-hmm. yesterday. Probably doesn't matter in the context of when we listen to this podcast. Around about the 27th of July, where all the headlines come out and say, Microsoft have released an iPhone app that takes better photos than Apple's camera. And so that was from Business Insider. As Carl alluded to, basically, it does a whole load of jiggery-pokery within the software to give you a better looking app. Sorry, Dean, I, I cut you off there. Go on. Um, no, it's okay. I was just saying, um, I used it. I've, I've used it. I took a selfie and I took a picture of my microphone and it does look slightly better. It's, you know, leveled out the colors a little bit, but, um, I honestly can't see myself using it much because I normally go in and edit my photos anyway, or the ones that I want to keep at least. I go in and, you know, I think iOS over the past few versions has given us some really good photo editing capabilities. Um, you know, to adjust all the different brightness levels. And for a photography geek like me, that's just perfect just to dive in. So I don't see us doing anything that you can't do yourself manually and then tweak further. It kind of just automates it for people, you know, who just maybe just don't really care. 
I've I've loaded it. I took a quick selfie whilst I was uh, I was having a afternoon break on the royal throne, shall we say? And yes, it, <laughs> I it, dread it, to think it, what you took photos of. <laughs> well, the thing is, has it got, has I was it got sat a zoom down on the royal throne. Ah, oh, I was testing the thing where it says it doesn't take a picture if your eyes are closed. So I was closing my eyes and taking a picture, and lo and behold, it actually took a picture of me. So I might not have been using it in its intended purpose. When you say eyes. It was uh, moving on. Oh, no, no, it's it's. You're right. I mean, it's it's nothing. It's good. It looks okay. It looks interesting. Camera Plus has been doing this for a very long time, though. Um, so it's it's kind of funny, actually. I always I always like check out a few comments when um, I think I saw I read it on the uh, Paul Ferrot site as well. Uh, and one of the first things was, well, Microsoft might as well develop things for the iPhone because no like, no one buys Windows phones anymore. And the next comment is, most of these things are in a Windows 10 phone anyway. And that was it. It's soon. It's soon. <laughs> It's soon reduced to like the basic common denominator after that. Uh, and that's the thing. The Windows phones have had some good cameras. Have no, they were, yeah. Sort of technology across to iOS, fair play. Yeah. No, it's, it's well, again, I, I, I have to wonder how Microsoft are planning on making money from this because it's a free app. Uh, uh, as far as I know, it's not sending any information off to Microsoft. So I, I, it's one of those things where I can't see why they produced it apart from to remind us that microsoft still exists if if that's the case why do we need to be reminded because my generation is never going to forget microsoft it's <laughs> what well that's the it thing seems- that your generation yeah okay <laughs> it seems like it's i get the impression it's like a little just a little hobby project that's yeah, gone possibly. on in microsoft that's what i get the impression um did you see the google motion stills app a few weeks ago or a couple months ago uh no motion stills okay so they made an app just for iphones that takes your live photos oh, yes. and yeah, stabilizes it. Just basically just takes off your jittery hands and just makes it look like a stable scene. And it's absolutely amazing. And seeing some of the stuff that Microsoft is doing in this, where it like, you know, does a little bit of face warping to make everything look more pleasing or natural or whatever. And then what um Google are doing with the motion still is making live photos great, which I have to admit. That app is brilliant. I've made some several little videos just from live photos and, you know, shared on Instagram and they've got good reception and everything. And they look really cool. Um, yeah. What is, you know, Google Microsoft are doing it just kind of showing that Apple might be lagging a little bit with, uh, with the camera. Well, it's still using their camera, of course. Or, the, or, or not the camera, sorry, the, uh, the software behind it. And, and that, um, I have to admit with iOS 10, they've built in a better stabilization for the live photos. So it doesn't, mm jitter as much but um uh, what google offers is far better with live photos because it stabilizes it pretty much perfectly from what i've found unless you export it as a movie or export it as a gif or a gif i'm not too sure what i would say they've got oh sorry uh, they've got to be careful these things because samsung got in trouble a little while ago didn't they where there was their basic photo app i think it was is if you took a photo of a person it would smooth out all their skin and like hide all the blemishes. It was like, you know, that filter, that sort of smoothing filter, and they turned it up to 12 or something. It was past 11. It was so, it was so blatant. It, it was so obvious as well. And a lot of people got really upset about it. It goes, how dare you make me look better than I actually am? Yeah, it's going to affect my sepia tone in Instagram. <laughs> so you can't please, you can't please anyone. But it, it'll be good to, if it does do, if it does make, do a better job than the basic app, then, then great. But, you know, the power of default means that most people will never, never try it. 
on the grand scheme of things, but great. Microsoft have made some blinding stuff for iOS over the years. You know, I'm thinking about the whole Office suite, for example, and it, it, it's fantastic. And and it's good that these big companies. I mean, software Microsoft it was basically, and Google were were software services. That's what they did until they ventured into hardware and and started competing. You know, on on the same playing field as as Apple, and you know that's when things got a bit mean. But uh, it's it's great when they go back and they offer services. It's just you know they still don't seem to like Google. They don't seem to offer anything for, for Google. Uh, I guess they still don't like that um that ad that they run. What's it called? <laughs> What's that ad Microsoft run against Google when it was snooping the shopping thing? Smoogled or something? I, I can't remember. Scroogled, yes. So they they're still. No matter how much animosity you may think there is between Google and Apple, there's far more between Microsoft and Google. It's crazy. I would say, yeah, I'd say the rivalry is between Microsoft and Google mainly because they're, you know, they both provide all these services, mm. you know, especially for the office. Uh, like my last job in corporate IT, I remember switching over from Outlook and the office suite over to an internal Gmail, um, obviously company domain and Google Docs and Google Drive. And that was so much better experience, mm. you know, as an employee, you know, Google Gmail is just much better in Outlook for a lot of things. You know, I, I was familiar with filters and it was stable and didn't crash <laughs> every so often. And, and then, you know, you got the familiarity with Google Docs and the collaborative, you know, how it was collaborative where you didn't have that on the Microsoft suite back then. So, like, you know, Microsoft 23rd, Office 2013 or whatever, or 2012. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think Google are the ones to, to watch for that. It's always funny where people compare like Apple's offerings, like pages uh, and numbers to, to Excel and WordPress and Google, because you think there is no comparison. It's like one is for like doing your own little hobby type accounts and, and word processing. And these other things are built purposely for enterprise and things like that. There's no point comparing them. No one looks at pages and goes, I think I have my entire company run on pages or numbers. And if you did turn up to a massive multinational company other than Apple, I'm sure they don't use numbers for their accounting software. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I've tried to use numbers and I still have not worked out how you do an autocomplete on an entry. So if you type in equals and you start typing con for concatenate, you press down, you press return. And it does nothing. Whereas in Excel, it just works. Mm. I'm just trying to find another really good Microsoft Microsoft app, or at least I think it was a Microsoft app where you could record video and you could be bouncing up and down, you know, wobbling around all over the place. And somehow it smoothed it off really, really nicely. But I can't find what it's that called. That wasn't hyper hyperlapse, was it? That's the one. Yeah, so it just zoomed in. It zoomed in on the image, and so sometimes if you're jumping about too much, it would get. Very, that's how basically. Uh, image stabilization works it's not taking the entire picture in it's it's focusing on a cropped image but then moving that cropped image around the whole the whole of the the real image to try and keep it stable which is why you sometimes get that sort of flickering effect going on funnily enough if microsoft picks the app you know the app we was just mm-hmm. talking about that's got hyperlapse built but into i don't it. i don't think it's the stabilization it just seems to speed it up when i was playing about with it oh okay i've not yeah, it just seems to speed up. I'll just test it on a mm. video. So I was a bit distracted then. I thought, <laughs> I thought I heard a squeak of a dying hard drive then, so it was a little bit of a, uh, my God, what's dying on me now? 
Oh dear. And if Matt's <laughs> listening, this does not mean I'm in the market for a new iMac. Well, oh yeah, he's trying to flog us one of them, isn't he? <laughs> uh, I've, I've, we, we shan't go. I won't go on too much about this. But I have got an article coming up about how blinking difficult it is trying to game on a Mac. There's a XCOM two seems to take great delight in listing every single graphics card it's not compatible with, rather than just saying you can play it with these graphics cards. Oh, it's, it's horrendous. But that's for another article. You know what we're going to do? We'll take a quick break here. We're going to go on to Nemo's hardware store, and then we're going to cover the big one for 20 minutes, which will be the Apple share results. So, John, it's over to you. A company called LifeProof, that's L-I-F-E-P-R-O-O-F, lifeproof.com, has a couple of solutions for the active lifestyle. They're very reasonably priced, and if you're the sort of person that wants to keep your phone immediately accessible on your hip or your belt, or while you're on your bicycle or at the lab or in the studio or in the classroom, they definitely have a solution for you. The first product costs $30. It's called the Belt Clip with Quick Mount, and the second product is called the Bike Plus Bar Mount with Quick Mount, and that's $40. They're both from lifeproof.com. And there are also many other reviews you can study, such as Amazon.com, to get an idea of what people think of the quick mount gear from lifeproof.com. Here's how it works. You take an adhesive square and you glue that to the back of your phone or to the back of the case that's on your phone. And, of course, the LifeProof company sells many appropriate cases that you can also see on their website. And then once this adhesive magnetized patch is glued to the center of the back of your phone, then you either take your bar mount or your belt clip or your bike mount and you put that in place and you can quickly grasp and lock or unlock and release or put in place your phone on the mount. So it sounds complicated to describe. It's very easy to do. The installation just takes a minute or two. They give you a little cleaning cloth to clean the back of your phone or your case, then you take the adhesive patch, put that on the back, and then you practice a couple of times putting the magnetized pieces together and then locking them in place. You always have to make sure they're locked in place. Now this is a new category of product. There have been some similar to this in the past, and personally, I've always been skeptical of exposing my phone on my belt, on my hip, or on my bike handlebars, or when I'm working in the studio. But this makes it easy to grab it and release it and take it off. Now, you've got to decide that you're always going to have this little magnetized patch on the back because without the little magnetized sticker, it doesn't work. But if you can handle not having a flush, flat back on your phone or on the snug case that's on your phone, then you'll be all set. So please look at the video on their website, read the reviews, and study the links that we have on this episode. I think lifeproof.com is creating a solution for a very active problem, and excuse the pun there, because when you're on your bike or when you're running, like Mark is always doing, he always needs to get access to his phone. So I think for a very reasonable price, have a look at the lifeproof.com bike plus bar mount with quick mount and the universal belt clip with quick mount. See how they work and see if this is appropriate to you. The customer service from LifeProof is excellent. They respond immediately to questions and to queries. They've got a reasonable 
shipping policy as far as their cost, and they even have some free shipping options. So study the website. I'm going to put this on one of my cases and put this on my phone, attach the bike bar mount to my bike, and head out down the road. I'm not so sure about the belt clip. I'm not really a belt clip sort of guy. Many of you may want to consider that, especially since the prices are so low. Thanks for listening. Nemo's Hardware Store, back next week. Thank you, John, once again for taking time out of your busy schedule to review the life-proof cases for us. Of course, you can find them over on the website, which will be in the show notes, or, as always, Amazon. Yes, it's the plug time. Use our link, shop at Amazon. You, you earn us a bit of money. <laughs> Carl told me to make it short this there week. Because apparently I ran on for long, too long I for I think it. those life-proof cases are not, not particularly life-proof, but those big, thick cases that keep your phone protected funny because Matt's got one and he brings it into the pub and he's thrown <laughs> he's demonstrated he's, after he's had a few pints he demonstrates it for some unknown reason and he picks his phone up and throws it on the floor I'm just waiting I'm dreaming of the day it just shatters into a million pieces why are you not recording this <laughs> because it's so fast like- it, it'll, I will not be it won't be me talking to him it'll be someone else and all of a sudden I'll see across the table he'll pick it up and throw it on the floor <laughs> just, I'm waiting for him just to do it like at a wall or something and then forget there's a window there and watch as it sows out into the ether. That would be awesome. So we're waiting for him to do that and we're also waiting for the Tesla date. Ah, we, got a, we, well. have, we have a date. Oh. Now. What, what, are, we, are you going to release the information? No, no or just we, in case I don't get a chance to film it. So, But if, if it all goes to, because we're doing something else in the evening, so I'm, gonna, I'm a bit worried how much time we're going to have, but I'm going to try and do something I'm not sure how in depth I'll be, how much time I'll have to do an in depth review of this thing, but uh, we are. I will be shooting something, um, uh, and it's fairly soon as well. So I, at least I, I, I get to see one of these things. Hopefully, it all goes to plan. But I don't want to say just in case I jinx it. Just in case on the day is absolutely peeing down, and I don't want to do a whole video project under an umbrella, no matter what. So what you could say is. If they were to tune into our Twitter at Essential Apple One or at Claw Zero One Zero One, they could find out when and if it happens. Oh yeah, I will. If, be notified if, I, straight if away. I'm doing it, if I'm if it all goes to plan, I will tweet out or or do a quick um, uh, periscope or something of us getting ready to to mess around and, and do the do the shot and stuff like that. And then hopefully, once I've got it and I've recovered from the night that follows, um, I will pull it together and and. So it will be up on our YouTube because we've only got two things on our YouTube channel at the moment. I, you know, as always, I set these things up and then life just totally gets in the way and I can, can't continue doing it. But it, it should be interesting. Apparently, we're going to try the S and then later on, they're going to let us take a look at the X. Uh, what Do they have a range limit? Do they say you can only have the car for like an hour know. or can you grab it for a don't weekend? Know. don't know. I have no idea. That's, this is all. Oh, you know what? This explains why Mr. Matt Barton said, oh, you know what? If you're going to buy this iMac off me, I'll deliver it for you. <laughs> it all makes sense now. There you go. But I will, I will be hopefully testing it fairly, well, test driving it fairly soon. I'm not sure if it will actually let me drive because, you know, the sound of maniacal laughter as I get behind the wheel, um, he probably doesn't want to hear. But, yeah. Well, oh, lots of fun. I test drove one months ago i knew you were gonna say that i was gonna lead into that and somehow (laughs) i just knew you were gonna say that it's biting my tongue whether to say it or not yeah i test drove one just for the the fun of it and they're a lot of fun to drive the acceleration curve on them is just well 
it's just straightforward. It's just, it, it's just, it is. Yeah. It is absolutely, and to, you know, this is the guy who created PayPal, <laughs> and you know, and and you hear you hear these um, um, uh, motor industry uh, people, these big wigs in the motor industry. Oh, go, oh yes, Apple can't get into this fear because who do they think they are? They just make consumable PCs and things. And you think well, that guy's done it, and he hasn't got the resources of Apple in the slightest. He he was rich, but he's not that rich. Um, and and look what he's done. He's okay. We haven't all got electric cars, and the price is high, but it's it's starting to come down. Yeah, but it's, it's come down to thirty. Yeah, but he hasn't produced. He dollars. hasn't produced that car yet. So hopefully, when that is mass produced, it will make it more popular, and we'll see. But he's got to reach that point at some point. He's running out of money. He's borrowing money left, right, and center. So there is a real possibility. He could that Apple could buy him. Could, well, maybe, but he could go out of business before he, you know, everybody gets these these cars that they've reserved. It'll be it'll just, and that is the problem. That is the problem. He is fighting a massive um, uh, industry in in you know cars and things, and not just cars. All the people who have vested interests in oil and, and all the other things that go along with the car industry, just like most things. You know, that's the trouble with disruptive industries. Most people don't want to be disrupted like the advertising industry it's, it's yep. just <laughs> yep. it's Ali. everybody I've, wants to protect their piece of the pie or horse i've pie. always said i would never buy oh we're back to horses exactly. again we've, we've got more horse in iceland going on the last two weeks <laughs> i've always said i would never ever buy a brand new car because i just think it's just a horrendous waste of money yeah. but the more i look at the tesla and the more i sort of think Look at what you're getting as a car, not just because it's electric, but for 30 grand, look at what you're getting. And, uh, you know, some of the more affluent people in work, you know, they've all switched over to hybrids and stuff like that. But it's weird because the the Tesla now to them is becoming a bit of a cheap brand because it's like, well, yes, they do a 30,000 pound Tesla. No, well, that's the exclusivity gone. And you're going, well, you're driving a massive honking great big BMW cluttering up the bloody roads and forgetting to, nope. I said I wasn't going to do it this week. I was going to be nice. Mm. So I've got a special amount of hatred. It's now. when it reaches the second-hand market. That'll be... I mean, once these things start to become... So you can pick them up on second-hand for whatever price they they have back then. Um, that was, you know, when the most... The average consumer might start to show an interest. But even 30 grand is, is probably out of the remit of a lot of people in this day and age. Yeah, true, true. But, you know, you can rent it. You'll probably be able to buy it for, what, about £250 a month, which seems to be the sweet spot. I suppose, well, around here is anywhere what people are prepared to rent, a, you know, to lease a car for. <laughs> uh, and especially if they do the optional extra, like the, was it the Powerwall? I don't know if that's actually out or released yet. You know, that honky great big battery you can stick on a wall mm. and charge it via a solar panel. That, to me, I think is a, you know, is a big key factor because for, let's say, what, a six grand investment, you got a solar panel that's going to power your house and charge your car for free. You know, that's not too bad. And we've gone completely off subject <laughs> of Apple. Is there any Apple car rumours this week? Someone yes, me um, Bob Mansfield, hasn't he? He's been <laughs> come back and apparently he is in charge of the Apple car. Big Bob. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Well, no, he is back. It's just he might be in charge of the Apple Guard, the special products, uh, project. Yeah, but this, but this story says that people are reporting to Bob Mansfield about the Apple car. But it's like these people haven't actually reported to him. And with the culture of secrecy that goes on within Apple, sure there's going to be a little no, bit no, of he's, shenanigans he, being smelt here. Yeah, exactly. But he's, 
that's the point, isn't he? Because they lost the the guy who was in charge of it all. He, he went off somewhere else. But Bob Mansfield is like well known within the Apple sphere as the engineer, like the sort of blue collar. He's not. That's he's like a you know a proper a proper engineer, Apple engineer. But he's just the man's yeah, man. But he's he, yeah, the team of he's team perceived. America. He's perceived to be an average guy. Uh, you know who you could have a beer with, but I'm I'm not sure if that's reality or not. But it's just he is in charge of special product projects. I mean, he left because he had run in with one person or another. I thought always thought it was Scott Forstall, but apparently it wasn't that person. It was someone else. But uh, yeah, so he's back. Um, and he didn't need to come back. He, he probably got enough money to live the rest of his life quite happily. But apparently he's back. And if it is a special product project, then the car Apple car is definitely a special project. So. Who knows what will happen now? Because he, he's very famous at bringing things to market, and also for saying no, that's rubbish, and then they stop working on it. Now this brings us neatly on to our final story. We've got there eventually about the Apple earnings call, where there's been a whole chunk of change put down the back of the sofa for special projects in R and D, which Apple really hasn't done before. There is a lot to cover on the uh, on on the, the figures that have come out the last. Uh, Let's try that again, shall we? There's a lot to cover on the figures that have just come out. Has anyone got a particular point or a particular juncture or some point of the figures that they want to hone in on at all? There's iPad growth. <laughs> yep. That's very little, but it's there. <laughs> was that the Pro? Was that the Pro yeah. doing that? Probably. I'd imagine it was the Pro because uh, that launched back in March, I want to say, March mm. or April. Um, I, and obviously... It's got the pencil alongside it and all the accessories. So, yeah, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, the thing I found was the services, the fact that the services have gone up. Obviously, as they increase the amount of items they sell, people use Apple services, like spe- specifically iTunes, for example. And the amount of money I have spent on iTunes this month on their bloody cheap blockbuster films is crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've just never bought so many Apple, uh, some iTunes movies in my life. Pound of film, yeah, isn't it? You can't, you can't go, go wrong. wrong. Every day this month, there's been one at four. There's been one dud that I've seen so far, and that was like some um, Frozen. No, was that no one? Frozen. No, it wasn't that. It was something like Cinderella. Some. Oh yeah, I know the cheap yeah. cartoon um, thing. But everything else, I, I they might not be like the most top billion movies, but they've been decent, solid. Films on Edge of Tomorrow was a darn <coughs> solid film. Yeah. Uh, Fury that had, that has good reviews. Yeah. In fact, I've not actually checked. I've been a bit behind on the old. Uh, oh, I've just fa- noticed. In fact, this Batman: The Killing Joke is on nine ninety nine. <laughs> in fact, this week, if I've done, if I've done it, if it, I have no idea when Mark will release this show. But if it's still there, check it out. The complete four born series, all four born movies, for nine ninety nine at the moment. I, I ju- it's just fantastic. Mm. They're okay. You know, the last one's a bit weak, but. They're just stunning. And, you know, the other thing that I noticed they were saying was Apple Pay. Apple Pay had been, it's, has gone up like 400%. Now, granted, if you've got a small base to begin with and you, you even make a, a, you know, you make some sort of impact, then that percentage is going to sound massive, which is why you, you, you do these things in, in, in percentages because it makes it sound like, you know, oh, my God, look at the sales we've got. For example, if you sold two things, but then the next week you sold 16, you can say – well, how much percentage was that an increase, even though it's logistically only like a few? But uh, but um, it's it's good that it's getting some some uh, some grip 
over in the States. To us, I think we've been so used to NFC for so long, it's just, huh, okay, we'll use it. Yeah, that's the thing. I saw it got tweeted out that Apple Pay represents three out of four mm. contactless transactions within America. Um, but last time I was over in America, contactless isn't hardly anywhere. No. It's very, very niche. And I don't think hardly anyone's got a contact, you know, contactless card or so. Um, it seems to be, you know, bragging, but it doesn't seem to be, you know, it's not a reflection of how good Apple Pay is. It's just how bad the infrastructure is. Is this you dropping a hint about your jet setting travels nowadays, Dean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like to talk about it, but the, you know, last week <laughs> oh, when yes. I was in Dubai, when I was in America, oh, did I, did I not tell you about that time I was in Canada? Oh, Blaze, what are you doing? Oh, yes. I was on a shindig just... with champagne and, and stuff and media bigwig. Oh, <laughs> next time you'll come on, he won't say, oh, yeah, I went with a drink. He says, oh, yeah, I went out quaffing with the boys. No, and that's next, when we know we've got to choose next our Next time you call better. him up, Mark, he'll go, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I still can't get him to plug the podcast even when he's half cut on champagne in London. Actually, one one of the guys there said he saw my tweet and he listened to it. Uh-oh. And that's, dub- that's, that's, that's doubled the fury figures. That's a hundred percent increase. <laughs> Great, there goes my limiting serve bandwidth limits for the month. God, let me another bill. Uh, I, I think he says that like you ask some very pressing questions. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh well done. Who I asked him or you asked me? No, you asked How would me. it work the other way round? <laughs> well, he might, he might have said, oh, you know, how did you get on um, last week? How did your week go? Oh, oh, you know, uh, as you, as you sit there and sweat, my God, what must I say? <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot to do behind the scenes here. I've got two Labradors trying to kill each other at the minute. I'm going to press M every time I cough and make a mistake <laughs> to drop a marker. Um, what else? That M must be wiped off that key by now. <laughs> It just must be a blank I, key. I've, I've, I had to get, um, I had to stop myself from looking at the tweet timeline to see if there was anything new and pressing. And I don't just sit here and kind of just blag it and just hope that you're like going to a rant for 15 minutes to save me a bit of editing time. There's a lot more work <laughs> that goes into it than that. Oh, I'm this is me you're talking to. <laughs> yeah. One day, the same board is going to yeah, work. And that, In fact, that's going to be my mission on Saturday. And on that day, the very next day, the world will end. You wait. I'm going to install Loopback just to prove a point that it doesn't must muck up every system. Okay. Coming back to something less argument, <laughs> just having a look at the Q3 figures here. So what have we got here? iPhone sales are down uh, seven units. Don't know what the figures really mean. Uh, the <laughs> iPad sales for the last 13 quarters. If you look at Q3, oh, I sound like one of those people. And if you look at the chart for Q3 turns, 2015... Turn to page 23 and you... Oh, I had a meeting dossier. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sort of jealous of you two in your jobs at the minute, not only because I hate mine and the people seem to hate me <laughs> just as much, <laughs> which isn't going to be a problem after next week. So, yeah, Carl, if you're listening to that, you've heard it first. I think someone in work might listen to the podcast. I'm here. What are you talking about? No, no, no. There's a guy in work called Carl oh. who uh, he said, "Oh, you po-, he said you asked me a really weird, random question about podcasting." It's like, hmm. Well, I wasn't sure if he caught me doing my show notes at work or if he actually listens to the show. But was uh, it? Do you know yeah. how to do one? So, do you make any money off <laughs> oh, it? Right. Which probably leads to was alluding to the fact, oh yeah, don't do that in work because you should be using our resources. <laughs> to it, my reply was, "Where's my training?" 
no, it didn't go down too well. <laughs> I then got a memo saying, please stop harassing staff in other departments for training purposes. Wow. Anyway, coming back to my point, I'm jealous of you two because you don't have to do this thing where you go to a meeting, they turn on the projector, tell you the outline of the meeting, and then give you a load of paper with all the slides on. You oh, don't I, have to suffer I that. have to do meetings, though, but I, do, I don't remain quiet well, during lunchtime them. Lunchtime meetings oh, not with lunchtime. San and Miguel don't count. San Miguel? Oh, yes, true. But I'm not talking about those meetings. I talk about meetings at work where they get us in and they tell us about this, that, and the other. Unfortunately, we all tend to argue back, <laughs> which is quite entertaining. Wow, there is a shocker. <laughs> well, it has to be done. Sorry. <laughs> it's called defending yourself or sticking up for yourself. No, I I can't say anything because whenever I do, I just get in trouble all the work, like using our damn help desk system of copying pasting. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's go back to the figures. iPhone sales are down 7.5 something. It's the third quarter. Of course they're down. Yeah, but I'm looking at, if you look at quarter three, 2015, it's quarter three, 2016. They're, they're, not, I'm they're not down if you don't count last year. They're slowly still hanging in there about the same level or maybe slightly going up. It's because when that damn iPhone 6 was released and all that pent-up demand for a larger iPhone, everyone went mad for it, you know, and, and they just sold unbelievable amount of units. It's, it's that. That's the problem. Apple are going to struggle to get that again anytime soon so and it was the iphone se as well wasn't yeah. it so the thing about it, they had two major releases both at different ends of the scale which is exactly why apple hasn't done this for year after year after year is because they always like to leave dangling carrots <laughs> when people say well apple must make a bigger iphone yeah they'll release it they're going to release it when they see things maybe trickling off a bit or when there is a need and when there is a time to because you know look at what's happened to the likes of htc where they went out put all their decks on the table and went ah there we are it's, and then suddenly that was it the where do they go from there but it was interesting it was interesting in a way because in america big phones were not that popular they were popular in in, in, in like asia and in europe but over in the States, a big phone was still not that popular. And it was only when the iPhone came out, it became popular in the States. Um, it, they were more popular over here in Europe. And, and, and like I say, over in, in Asia, they were going for the big phablet-type phones. But they weren't selling that well in the States until the iPhone came along and, and suddenly introduced that nation to these much bigger devices. So, you know, that's why there was such a demand for these 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 objects and you know uh, so this time as i say the third quarters were not as good as last year granted but if you compare that with the year before or sorry or the year before that even it, it, they are perfectly still slightly going up on that gentle curve going up so you know and the third quarter is, is the worst quarter that apple has because in the fourth quarter they get some of the back to school sales going on and then in the first quarter of the new year you got whatever they produce towards the end of this year, all that stuff will count in the first quarter. And that is why that one is normally huge. However, next year's one, the first one, will still not be as big. I'll be amazed if it's as big as, as when the six was introduced because that was just phenomenal sales for Apple. 
I'll tell you one thing I have noticed today mm. is that normally when Apple has these sort of calls and there's a bit of doom and gloom, you know, when, mm. well, what was the last call that Apple was the first time that they saw a decline in sales? Their share price went through the back but, end of a can. But that, today, but be, it's it's 103.03, which is up 6%. But they beat their predictions, what they predicted they were going to make. They beat their own predictions, which... Yeah, they did that last time, no, though, no, didn't well, they? It was, only, it was only the analysts that Yeah, I know, but this time they, they, they took it and they actually increased this. The, the shares went up after the call rather than like plummeting down a few points and, and, and like spelling doom and gloom for everyone involved. But again, as I've said so many times, Mark, this doesn't affect us in the slightly. We sh- slightest, it has nothing to do with us as, as Apple users. Unless you've got shares in Apple, it means absolutely nothing to you. These people are using Apple to make money for themselves. That's all. It's just an. It's just a thing for them. There's no passion in it. There's nothing. It's just, and you know, it's just an opportunity to make more money for their clients or, or or whoever else or themselves or whatever. Right? It does nothing to do with the rest of us. And but again, the tech press absolutely starved of anything to report on regarding apple they jump all over this they do some wonderful charts you know some like jason snell has done some wonderful presentation on on his uh, six colors site for example but for the most of it people just saying you know apple did this 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 copy and pasting exactly what was said on the sales call and never really understand what any of it means because none of us very few of us are financial whiz kids and experts and we definitely know golden geckos so to us, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. All we're interested in, will Apple still be here next year to do another phone? We're, that's all we care about. And these people don't care about that. It's got nothing to do. It's all about you know, making sure these pension funds stay stocked and people still will have something to retire on. That's all they worry about. And they make money if Apple goes up or down because you know the stockbrokers, every time they make a transaction, they make money. It doesn't matter if the can't loses or makes money. They make money anyway. You've just reminded me about my Gaz challenge with that app. Mm-hmm. The two weeks are up, so I need to get in contact with Gazmas. Why? Who might have a worth a chirp for us this week? This, I can find the same. This, uh, did you make money? I hit a financial roadblock. I couldn't. I couldn't. What happened was I couldn't um, successfully obtain the next amount of hedge funding, so I had to fold the company. <laughs> Well, wow, you're good. I'm glad you do. And you want to do a story about <laughs> finances it's, and stuff. I'm not like gals. I don't live in hoity-toity land or go visiting there like Mr. Dean. I've never, heard, me. I've never heard Northampton <laughs> called hoity-toity land. <laughs> well, he knows a loads of bankers <laughs> and he knows people who work in the finance industry as well. But <laughs> I, I need my soundboard back. Dean, anything from these figures that grabs you at all? Is there any surprise here? You mentioned services. Do you think that is where Apple's going to be putting his focus in? Um, do you think we will ever see a new iMac upgrade? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen eventually. Uh, maybe not this year or next year or even the year after, but happen eventually. Yeah, um, anything can happen on an <laughs> infinite time scale. Exactly, yeah. We're going to get new Macs one day. Um, one, th- one little quote I found interesting from Tim Cook, I can't remember if he said it on the earnings call or if he tweeted it, I can't remember. But um, next year, he thinks services are going to be as big as a FTSE 100 company. And that's just amazing how, you know, it just shows the scale of just one part of Apple that you don't really look at, you know, services. That's not something that you see physically. Um, That's quite amazing. And 
also looking at numbers, you know, 57% of their revenue comes from iPhones. So, you know, iPhones are still their main brand. So it's going to be exciting to see what's coming out with iPhones, you know, the back end of, you know, in a couple of months, um, seeing as that's their main seller. I think it's also a bit of testament to, we mentioned earlier on, the actual just the longevity of Apple devices. And the only reason I'm sort of contemplating now upgrading my iPad 1 is because it works. I know it'll do everything I want I, that I could do on it now, but I want to do the new features. I want to be able to do the split screen, picture <laughs> in picture. I think you can do that anyway. You know, I want to be able to do all these other things. Now, maybe that's just me you know, wanting the new shiny, but. That now is I'm at a point where, yeah, I can see the iPad being a productivity machine so much so I'm actually thinking of dumping my beloved 2009 MacBook just to go and get the iPad Air 2 or maybe stumping up for the baby iPad. Not quite, I don't know yet. What's like the baby pro? Yeah. I, I recommend mm. that. That's my favorite iPad at the moment. Definitely. That's a really Carl's got the device. big giant size one, as always. Wait. Oh, I've got I've got that too. I'll stop him. <laughs> oh, jeez. He's changed, Danny. He? Yes. First yeah, time he comes on this show, oh yeah, I've released an app. <laughs> now he's like, oh sorry guys, gotta go. Gotta go. I've got to board the ten thirty no. to Beijing. I hardly use I hardly used the big one because I got it gold plated. It's so <laughs> heavy now. And all these crystal diamonds is just weighing it down. It feels the show I, I, will I, I officially disown you when you say <laughs> I've just got back from Dubai. That is the point where you're like, no, you're, you're too good for this show now. As long as he doesn't say Clifton, Clifton, bring me my iPad, please. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. Which one? Which one, sir? <laughs> oh, I don't Which know. Surprise me. Right <laughs> well, everyone's got battery, in, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the, this this batch is run out. Fetch me a Fetch new me one, out, Sally. <laughs> just fly it out the window. I'll put it in the life box case to see if it survives. <laughs> oh, right. How far have we gone on this show? One hour, 28. You know what, guys? That'll do for the stories this week. I think we've gone on for long enough. So let's do a word for chirp, shall we? Next week, the same board will be working. Right then, who's going to go first? Who have I got on the list here? He says, trying to fill time while scrolling up and down in Quip. Me. I've lost No, it. Dean. Something, is Dean. Me? Something. Something. Yeah. Um, okay, my worth of chirp this week goes to a game which I found, funny enough, someone just tweeted out about it, and it's the one that's being featured in the UK App Store at the moment. It's so you're tweeting out a game that you had no idea about till two minutes ago when someone just tweeted it for you. No, no, I've been playing it for like uh, about a day now. 30 a day. seconds. No, no, literally, I saw it last night. And um, it's probably the only app that's worth mentioning that isn't Instagram or Facebook or something like that. It's uh, it's called Snakebird, and it's a very hard puzzle game. Um, it got tweeted out by the guy. I don't know if you heard of a game called Braid or The Witness. Oh, yeah. Um. They're very popular puzzle games. It got tweeted out by that guy, so that's what got my interest. They're the guy who made them games. So it's called Snakebird. It's a very hard puzzle game with these very cute, colourful graphics, and it's free to play, um, and then you can buy extra levels. But I've found that I can't even complete the levels that's on offer at the moment because it's that hard. It's a very hard puzzle game, and it's a lot of fun to play. Oh, this is another Mr. Jump, is it? No, no. I don't know what Mr. Jump is, so it might be. 
No, I wouldn't imagine <laughs> so. <laughs> Mr. J- it sounds like a jumping game. No, it's um, it's just a little puzzle. Who gave that away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't really describe it. You you got this little bird, and it's kind of like a snake as well. And you got a it's like a snake with a bird's head. It's kind of like snake where you eat fruit and you get one block longer. But you got to try and get through a little maze and get to the end while collecting all the fruit. And it's not as easy as it sounds because the mazes are so well designed that you have to think of how to get through them. Hmm. But um, it's not got any um, annoying adverts or any annoying buy these gems. It's just got play these levels. And if you manage to complete them, buy some more for a couple quid or, or, or something. Nice. I haven't got to that stage yet. Apps like this confused me because it was like when I watched my first episode of Catfish thinking, oh, this is this sounds like it's going to be interesting. Completely the opposite. There was no cats nor fish. <laughs> sounds like there's a cat in the distance there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> Bedtime, I think. Why well, has he come and told you? Dad, time for bed. <laughs> yeah. Stop talking those wallies on the <laughs> on the on the Skype and get to bed. Because <laughs> of so, Carl, your choice is yes, Prisma. Prisma. It's uh, it's a filters app. <laughs> no, it's so um, it's a really interesting filters app. So, if chances are everybody knows what prism is by now because it's been out a few weeks um so if you take if you take photos just just random photos of things like a beer glass in a pub or or an, a, a, you know a fairly uninteresting scene for example but you want to give it some extra spice you can just run it through this app and it'll turn it in to it'll it'll try and adjust it so it's based on various artists style styles so with just a simple like portrait of someone you can apply all these different filters from uh, like i say i'm based on all these different types of artists out there and and get some interesting results now i wouldn't go and like just for example if you just had a new baby take all the pictures of your new baby and run every single one through this filter because you want the real stuff at some point but you know just for stupid little pictures that you'll put on Facebook or Twitter or, or stuff like that. It just can turn a very bland picture into something that's more interesting to look at. And that's all basically filters should be viewed as, as far as I'm concerned. You know, they're not proper works of art. They're just an algorithm that's applied to a picture. I don't see what the fuss is. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've taken a few shots of, like, traffic and an empty beer glass and, and a few things here and there. One of the things that it works really well Four, for example, if say, you know, if you're a bit of a geek and you like pictures of Darth Vader or Boba Fett or, or you know, one of the superheroes, you can find a photograph of, you know, on Google or something, import that into the to the app uh, and apply some filters and you can have a really nice looking piece of, you know, pop art, so to speak, and, and just use that wherever you want to use it because it, it changes it enough that, okay, it might just be an official still from a film of the millennium falcon but it adds an interesting layer to the to to the appearance of the of the thing of course you can like take pictures of people's faces and and change them and stuff like that and then automatically share them out to instagram for example or or, or facebook and just have fun with it don't don't look at it as a, a as a, a, a truly you know artistic piece of of software because it's just a bit of fun as far as i'm concerned it, it is one of the best like modern art filters thing I, I've seen, and there's a few like pencil drawing type filters on there, and they have produced some of the finest results I've ever seen that those kind of apps do. 
So it is, it is, and it's totally free. Just give it a try. Have a play. Like I say, don't think, oh, that picture looks interesting. I am now the new Picasso. Because you're not. You've just pressed a button. But, <laughs> you know, once you get over that fact, it, it, you can share some quite interesting photos. And also, don't overdo the filters. Not everything needs to be in se- sepia or sepia. Sometimes you just want to keep a picture pure in what it is and make backups as well. Does, does it make backups, Carl? Does it do the non-destructive editing? So if you apply a filter, you've still got the uh, original there? Let me see. Let me go. Yeah. So I've still got the original photo and the whatever it did to it afterwards in my photo album. My whiff chip is... For those who want to get their game on, but don't have a machine that they can get their game on, there's a website out there called gamesnostalgia.com, and it's a website dedicated to retro gaming. Now, in the past, retro gaming is a bit of a pain in the backside. You've got to get your emulator, make sure that works, and it's from a trusted source, doesn't have a virus. Then you've got to try and find a ROM, normally, for the emulator to boot up and run with, just like your PC BIOS sort of thing. And then you've got to find the ROMs for the games, plug that in, set it all up, get it all working, tweak it, and quite often, more often than that, not you're bored before you've even started playing. Games Nostalgia does away with all of that. It packages it up in a runtime, so quite literally all you have to do is go to the web website, search for something like Speedball 2 or Sensible World of Soccer, not that I've been horrendously addicted to them and looking <laughs> to buy a gamepad just because of that, download it, Double-click it, and it'll start playing. Simples as that. And it's all free with a bit of donation where So if you go there and you do use them, please, please, please put some money their way because there are literally hundreds upon hundreds of games there, not just for the Amiga, the CD32, the Atari ST, the Speccy, ColecoVision, Sega Mega Drive, Genesis, Famicom, Snares. Yes, I know they're both the same before anyone writes in, so on and so forth. And when you find the old games, you'll be amazed at how addictive you get. I fired up Sensible World of Soccer thinking, oh, you know what? One quick go. Next thing you knew, it was, it was <laughs> next thing you knew, it was two o'clock on Saturday morning thinking, yeah, I've, I've got to be up in the morning. So that's my pick of the week. Oh, it's got Star Wars TIE Fighter. It's got Star Wars TIE Fighter. It's got loads of them there. Wow. So it, it, like I say, if you, if you go and get it, literally just double-click it, run it, and, and away you go. It's got cannon fodder. <laughs> and lemons. Yep, yep, yep. And it's got... Oh, the, wow. And I think you can even get things like you get the Amiga 500, then you get the Amiga 1200 ones as well. So you get to... Oh, and people for uh, nostalgia for the Mac, it's got the Oregon Trail as well. <laughs> I've never played that, and I feel like I'm missing out of something in my life by not playing that. I've never played it either. But um, wasn't it made by Penn and Teller, the magicians? Or didn't they have something to do with it? You're right. I remember watching something in the dark depths of a Saturday night with a can of beer in my hand and YouTube doing its stupid thing. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's... This is good. So you you just download this game and it, it plays as... On your machine, yep. on your Mac. So, for example, Sensible Socket, you click it, you download it. It will give you, um, it will give you uh, uh, an execute like a zip file. You open up yeah. that zip file, and uh, there's a DMG that you run. You just run that, and away you go. That's literally all you have to do. It, it maps the keys for you. You can go and change your keys, but literally just double click it and you start playing. 
there's so many on here. I used to play. <laughs> this is oh my god. They got Syndicate. Oh yep, my, Syndicate, oh, Syndicate no, Wars. Uh, as you said, Star Wars stuff. There's June Ludes on there. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, guys, if you're listening to this and you're on the road, for God's sake, go and check it out once you get home. There we are, endorsed by the Madden. Can't ask mm. better than that. Um, we could, if we had any, we could go into the fan feedback, but we haven't had any. Where are you? I know you're out there. We all know you're out there because we can tell because we have some stats and at least 14 of you. Yes, we've almost quartered <laughs> our year-on-year projected growth of the website. Where are you? Just come and join us on the Facebook, on the Google+. Plus. Come and say hello to us on the Twitter because this show, it's it's funny when we have good feedback to read out and make Matt read out and think Matt might be Matt. In fact, there we are. Leave us some feedback and if you lead it out, we will make sure that when Matt comes upon his return, he will be solely responsible for reading out the feedback that I won't put in the show notes until it's just before he's got to read them. And that's <laughs> got to be worth the price of ticking a box or going into the iTunes app. So on, on your, sorry, going into the podcast app on your phone or your iPad, searching for us and then clicking on refuse, reviews. In fact, but you all know how to do that because Carl said it was really, really obvious. I have faith in our listenership. <laughs> Since we've stopped doing that, we've had no feedback. Yeah, well, that's not my fault. <laughs> Have you got the statistics to prove it? No. I'm looking now. <laughs> well, there we are. Anyway, guys, I think 1 hour 14, that's a nice, short, sharp show. Not much editing to do there. I think we'll call it this week. All that remains for us to do is find out where we can get a hold of you good gentlemen. So, Dean, we'll start with from you. Where can people find out about you, catch up with what you're up to and what jet-setting city you're going to be finding <laughs> next? Um, I'm just still trying to work out which one. There's so many to pick. Um, so my Twitter handle is at CraftyDino. I post a lot of stuff on there, normally about complaining about advertising and some other random stuff but i think i've said something about gin today gin's quite good gin and tonic i'm getting old and i post a lot on instagram also at crafty dino i post a lot of photos and videos so yeah they're the two main places and you can find my website at murphyapps.co and that's where you can find links to my blog that i hardly use which i really should and the apps that i make for ios I'm sure there'll be a blog post on there saying that you're on our website or on our podcast. I can do that. Can do that. There we are. Lovely job. Carl, what about your good self? Where can people <laughs> get a hold of you? You get hold of me on Twitter at Claw0101. And you get hold of me on the, on the show, sorry, via the Twitter. And we've had two new followers this week. So thank you, everyone, who's followed. I'm going to count you there as a big win for the show. Get hold of the show at the Twitter via at Essential Apple One. Come along to our Facebook group, which will be in the show notes. Just pop in, say hello. Or for those of you that still use it, we have the Google Plus, the Google Plus thing as well. So that's been the show. And until next time, we will see you next time. Cheerio, everyone. Draw. My hard drive just made a very weird sound again. <laughs> Might just be changing platters like a jukebox. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, a, it's very much a power down, power back up, like noise. I almost forgot that hard drives make sounds. <laughs> <laughs>